I absolutely cannot believe some cultures do this. It is so harmful to family members. And like, like as a parent, you have children and you want your children to thrive. And doing these practices are so not only un-Islamic, they're just anti-child welfare and well-being. And not even that, all the things that they're doing to their daughters when they want to get married. I think we need to get a grip on what we're doing to our families. They are not Islamic practices. They are, in fact, very cultural. Hello, Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for joining us here at Mindful Muslim Speaks, the place where we are empowering women to grow and thrive. How are all of you doing? It's the most beautiful day. It is the day of Arafah. I'm so happy and grateful to be in this day and I want to wish you all well. If you're not all aware, um, right now everyone is uh, in the middle of Hajj or towards the end of Hajj and tomorrow will be Eid inshallah, our beautiful holiday. And um, on this day, it's a beneficial day if you're in hajj of course you're having an amazing time inshallah but if you're back home and you're, you didn't get to go and you'd love to go but you're not there yet um fasting is an amazing thing to do on this day because the prophet peace be upon him mentioned that fasting uh, will expiate sins from the previous year and the the following year so this is a beautiful beneficial thing and also just making a lot of good deeds because every um good deed is magnified in in this time in terms of reward and so a lot of dua a lot of dhikr a lot of beautiful beautiful um remembering of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, and just asking for a lot of forgiveness um a lot of stuff so this is what we've been doing in our family and um it's just really really beneficial and uh we just wish everyone well in this time of year and tomorrow is eid so of course if i don't uh, get to see all of you talk to you eid mubarak inshallah so it is just a time to just be with family and enjoy but yeah so we are doing a topic today that is so close to my heart because I see so many people like suffering mindlessly unnecessarily because of things that are cultural and not Islamic at all it's also super confusing to non-Muslims to see and hear us doing these things and sometimes we're totally unaware that they are not from Islam they are in fact from our cultures because you know what when you're born into Islam you just can't tell the difference like where does culture start and Islam begin and you know or end and whatever and so at the end of the day it's very very hard to always know so I just want to point out the top six things that I'm think we should all be aware of because they are not only um not good but they can be harmful even at times so subhanallah we're going to cover this today if you don't already know we are on the web at www.mindful-muslima.com we have um our blog posts up there so if you like want more information and writing on some of the topics i'm doing resources, podcast links. Um, I have courses that I'm starting to throw up there for um, homeschooling. Every week I'm putting up one. For you, if you don't know, I'm a licensed educator. I have um, um, between 15 and 20 years of experience in just working in the school systems and training and training teachers and so forth. So now I'm helping moms who are homeschooling. And so there's stuff that goes up there every week and you can get some really um, um, insightful help for your homeschooling. And then I'm thinking, guys, and I want your opinion on this. I mean, DM me if you want to say something or give me a suggestion. I know a lot of women are thinking about getting married and there's not a lot of really good information. I'm telling you, this is another cultural thing and I'll get to it to the end. The information that girls are given about getting married is just so off compared to Islam, a lot of it is cultural. A lot of it is cultural. And it leaves girls wondering, like, what are their obligations? How should things get done? How do engagements actually go? How do weddings actually go in Islam? And so, subhanAllah, I'm thinking of doing, like, a little mini course on that. I'm also thinking of doing a mini course on, like, um, how to 
how to help your mind, like how to, how to increase your mood, make your mood better. I know a lot of us are going through a lot of things, like how to just get a better grip on your emotions and your mood and your mind. And that's something that has helped me so much. That is kind of the catalyst that drove me to sharing all these things with you guys because it has just been, it has just made my life so positive. I'm not going to lie. When I was younger, I was going through a lot. No one taught me how to manage. I spent a lot of time being sad and crying for like no good reason, I now realize, because what seemed to me to be horrible, and some of the stuff was difficult I was going through, but it wasn't it didn't have to be that way. I could have gotten through it so much better and with so much less pain and anguish and stress. So I want to share the benefit of what I know with you guys. And some of it is this beautiful marriage of science and Islam. And it's not like dorky science. I'm not going to be like dropping science, you know, facts on you. That's not what I mean. I mean how our beautiful mind and body works in the creation of Allah and how we made it and so we can help ourselves to feel better about everything in our life um, as we move along. And subhanAllah, but I did want to get to the topic of today. Um, If you do want to reach me though, do DM me on Instagram, fastest way. Um, I'll maybe leave a link for my email. If you do want to email me, sometimes people do that. And by the way, um, I've been going through a lot in my fa- in my family right now. We have tons of things, good and bad. Like the bad is even good, I'm sure. But um, so please, if I didn't get back to you, if you did shoot me an email or something as of yet, we're going through a lot. There's a lot of moving parts, so let's just say. And you know, everybody has different times of transition in their life. We're going through a major time of transition. So please uh, take it easy and don't feel anything personal. And um, I do my best to get back to everybody. DMing usually I'm pretty fast, but if it slipped through the cracks, don't take it personal that's just um, a heads up for that okay guys so the top six things oh wow I really hope everybody hears this and really really can just meditate on if this is happening in their family and just identifying that this is more cultural and in fact not Islamic and we should stop doing it see the beautiful thing about the fact we're from different cultures is that we get to all bring our cultures and keep them we can bring our cultures and say yeah that beautiful food those beautiful clothes as long as they are in the and the beautiful thoughts and beliefs and systems and things that we have for our family as long the caveat is as long as it is within the islamic ideals so for example if i have a culture where we eat pork we have amazing food and stuff but some of it is pork because some people you know they come into islam then i can keep all the amazing food minus the pork or minus the non-halal you know like it's just but i can keep all the other beautiful stuff the great sauces the spices i mean there's just no need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. it's not what we're discussing or the clothing as long as it covers properly or whatever and the same thing is with our family interactions which is a lot of what i'm going to do today this stuff that nobody's paying attention to that is so not islamic and harmful even sometimes guys please please do take um some of this information jot it down or Identify if this is in your family and try to change it because I know we work on that as our family as well. Okay, diving right in. Number one, du'a. When you're making supplication, like prayer supplication, guys, what is this? Some cultures, we are, not me necessarily, but we're making du'a against other people. Let me tell you what that might sound like. I'm not going to start saying all the horrible things I've heard because that would not be good to repeat it. But I will say things like, um, may Allah curse you. May Allah give you a black day. May Allah burn your house. May Allah let the jinn take you. These are things I've heard in in other languages um, said, usually not in English. It's usually in the other language of the culture of whatever they're from, um, to other people. 
This is so bad. This is not only completely cultural and un-Islamic, it is actually even harmful to ourself. We think we're mad at somebody and we're just like, oh, you know, astaghfirullah, and we just say something at the top of our uh, tip of our tongue. It's actually so not good for even us. We're actually harming ourselves. And let me tell you why. If you didn't already know, every dua you make and every dua I make, after we make it, the angels say, and the same for you. So if I say, may Allah curse you, astaghfirullah, who will say this? The angels will say, and the same for you. If I say, may Allah burn your house, and the same for you. May Allah may you go to that. Astaghfirullah, why would we do that to ourselves? This is ridiculous, right? So instead, instead, I'm mad at that sister. I'm not so happy with her right now. She's kind of like said something bad to me, made me feel horrible, harmed me. I can make da'a for her. May Allah guide her, and may Allah give her jannah for da'us. And then when, I, when the angels respond, the same for you. May Allah give you jannah for that. And people are like, oh, I'm not going to go make dua for some girl and I'm mad at her. If you can't make dua for them, that means something is wrong with your heart. I'm just being honest with you. Because what happens is our hearts do get black if we, if we get to a certain state. And I get to a certain state. This is for all of us. And we have to be able to forgive others. And why? Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us if we don't forgive people, people will not for- Allah will not forgive us. Like, why is that girl worth my time if not getting forgiven by Allah because I can't forgive her? It's because Allah is most just. He's al-adl. So he's not going to like, oh, like you just go around not ever forgiving people and cursing on them, but I'm supposed to forgive you when you do your little mistake. That doesn't really seem fair, guys. We have to kind of be honest with ourselves. So it's very fair. And we need to stop making da'a against other people. If you hear people do that, tell them, please, sister, don't do that. It's not beneficial for you. You're actually only cursing yourself. Don't don't instead encourage people to make da'a that, that Allah guides those people people number two women's rights okay so i did a whole podcast before on women's rights where you can go back you can check out exactly all the amazing rights that we have as women and we got them mostly before the western world which even though the western world thinks we're backwards and we're oppressed and stuff but amazingly we've had them before but nobody highlights these amazing things of course but anyway so just two i want to mention today because they are very very cultural is one sometimes families tell their girls that they're not allowed to get educated that they're going to be housewives so there's no point in them to go to school school and they should just stay in the house and their husbands will be educated and take care of them. Now, yes, their husbands will work and take care of them. And that is absolutely Islamic, true, but it in no way says that women should not be educated. In fact, Islam promotes education for women because the woman, uh, the, the mom is the first school for the child. Think about if the mom is not exposed to really great ideas and education. How can she raise her children and give them proper advice and guidance? So having an educated woman is actually an extreme benefit for a family because she's able to handle issues within her home and outside of her home in a very um, mature and educated way. And so it's benefit to the entire family. So if you've ever heard this, this is totally untrue. Second, like part two of women's rights. This one makes me sad, guys. And unfortunately, this is how we get our bad labeling as Muslims. Sometimes in the world, and I've seen this all types of places, I'm not going to mention specific countries, but we get this cultural norm that it's okay to beat women or that if you get married, most likely your husband's going to beat you and that's just to be expected. That's complete garbage, guys. That's absolutely not from Islam. If your culture has told you that, that is exactly what that is, cultural. And that is not Islamic. We have this, these things that happen in culture before Islam came. 
It's a time of jahiliyyah. If you don't know what jahiliyyah is, jahiliyyah is the time of ignorance. The time when people were doing things in a silly, silly way, a not beneficial way to anyone. And Islam came and it corrected things. Like maybe if they buried their girl child, their, their, their females when they were born, Islam said, absolutely not. We don't bury babies. What is that? And so this is a similar thing. The beating of women is absolutely unforgivable and not acceptable. So we have to... When I say unforgivable, I mean, obviously you can make tawbah, but I mean it is completely, completely abhorred, abhorred in Islam. So if you've ever experienced this, you know, f- women in your family that are getting abused, this is absolutely not acceptable and not Islam. You're not supposed to grin and bear it and ha- have patience. That's actually not true. So, um, I'm, uh, and, if, and if you do need guidance on that, I, I implore you to go to an imam that you trust and to um, ex- talk to him about this and if you can bring your husband in. But yeah, this is totally cultural, not okay, guys. So number three, the raising of children. Okay, as a mom, I'm not going to lie, this breaks my heart too. I hear this all the time. It is so not okay. And I'm going to give you two parts for this one too. The first one is calling children bad names. Now, in some families, they think it's totally harmless. Like, and I'm going to give you some names that I, because they're not curses, but they're just not nice things. When they call kids kelb or they kill kids, uh, call kids haiwan and this. Okay, so there's a lot of psychology around these types of things and about name calling of children and how whatever we tell our children they are is what they tend to become. So if you're constantly calling your children donkeys and dogs and animals and all types of things like that, and you're basically saying their behavior is like subhuman, then what do you think their behavior is going to be? Then the parents are like, oh, I don't know why he's so out of control. He's such a kelb. Like, you know, well, of course he's a kelb because you're always calling him this. Like, this is not acceptable. When we call our children these things, some cultures, it's totally normal. If they hear me talking about this they're gonna be like oh she's ridiculous she's so extra but that's not the case it's so so much research around how how this type of behavior towards children actually harms their self-esteem it harms their happiness they grow up thinking they're worthless it's actually extremely damaging to children please if people do this in your family try to discourage it don't engage in it yourself and you might find yourself doing it with your own kids because that's what you were told please stop the cycle it is not okay and it's actually not islamic at all number two putting and this is another one that's more subtle because it's not like a cursing or anything is putting your kids down in order because you believe that in putting them down you're going to make them stronger okay let me give you a perfect example um like some people if they have a daughter in their family that's overweight they'll all call her like she's a big fatty or she's so fat or she's a pig or something like that and they're like well and if you ask them why do they do that because i've done that they say well you know she needs to lose weight so we're helping her lose weight because if we tell her that then eventually she'll know she needs to get skinny and she'll get herself skinny and that's what they believe they're helping her because they can't just let her be like that so they have to just shame her into being better or some maybe a child's doing poorly in school they'll tell them you're so stupid you're you're nothing you see how you are you're nothing and you, you're not as good as this one or you know whatever and that's another one comparing siblings so we have to be really careful these types of things are not allowed in islam and even that actually i didn't plan that one but i'll add that one in comparing siblings Comparing siblings is really bad too, the third one, because the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, whatever you do for one sibling, you have to do for the other. For your one child, you have to do for the other. Because there, there's something called sibling rivalry, as we all know, and it can cause a lot of issues. We're going to take a break. Okay, guys, sorry, there was um, an emergency because somebody needed mangoes, and they needed it right now. 
hashtag mom life. So <laughs> as I mentioned, there's so many moving parts in our family right now. And keeping with the promise of giving you two podcasts a week is my job and I'm doing it. But this week, normally I have a space and time where I do podcasts and I do record them. But because we are in a situation where we're actually physically moving, we're like uprooting our house and moving, we're not in our normal spaces and things. So yeah, I might have to stop and apparently give someone mangoes. So <laughs> sorry for that, guys. All right, carrying on. So we did what, number one, which was da. Number two, women's rights. Number three, raising kids. Number four is, ooh, four, five, six, yeah. Four is regarding family relations. Okay, so I'm gonna say this one and some people might hate me because you know what? When you hear the truth, it hurts and you don't wanna do it because now you know and then you're like, ah, okay, family is important. Sometimes we're really close with certain people. Cousins. Yeah, I'm just gonna talk about cousins. It is not permissible to kiss, shake hands, sit with, hang out, chat with your cousins. They're not halal for us. They're as unhalal as a guy in the street who we don't know. It's just not permissible. And texting and phoning the same way. It's just like, I know this is something super cultural, so sensitive in families. I know you have these people who you love dearly. They're the, the, the your cousin from this and this is aunt. I know, but this is, <laughs> this is not okay. And I'm going to get into a little bit more like the specific reasoning of why it's not okay because Allah is so wise and he knows like the type of potential of things that can happen and that's why he creates these situations for us to to avoid. And so, um, yeah, they're not allowed, not permissible at all. If you were told it is and you're meant to feel it is, it's not. And you know, the thing I want to tell you guys before I, I get into the specific of this is there's going to be things in Islam that your family tells you. It's, it's amazing to me that I don't know why families do this. They actually tell their children to do the unis. Islamic version of things and you're gonna have to get to a point in your life where you get strong within yourself and you understand that you want to choose what Allah loves you want to care what Allah thinks over what people think because it's going to be a matter of like oh how could you do this to me the family's going to think this society's going to think this you need to choose Allah first and it's a hard road guys it's hard it's going to be a lonely road sometimes because sometimes you're the only one in the family that does it but guess what it doesn't come without immense reward. So you're going to understand that you might be going through that, but Allah sees everything. He's going to make it easy for you. And the dunya might see easy, be easy just to be like, oh, forget it. But in the akhirah, it's really, really um, going to pay off in the end and you're going to see in, in the afterlife that... that God saw everything you were going through. Allah saw everything you were going through and it's going to be worth it. So what are some like the reasons why it makes sense not to be this way with cousins and things? And so I'm going to extend this into part two and then just give you like a, a specific thing that I've seen these things happen. <laughs> and so like, and I've heard these stories. So um, it's, it's also, let's say we're going to extend it into like sitting in mixed settings with family that male and female that are not permissible. For example, in my house, when you come in my house, if you're my family and you're not allowed to sit with one another, we have separate spaces. We have completely separate spaces. Men go sit in this area of the house. Women go sit in this area of the house. You know, food will be brought in and delivered this and that. And then after that, everybody goes to their specific spots. All the women hang out. All the men hang out. There's no reason for you to want to hang out with anyone in the other room. If you want to hang out with someone in the other room, guys, it means there's something bad within your heart and my heart. I'm just being honest with you because we're not supposed to want to be around people that are not permissible for us. If Allah said something is not allowed, we're not supposed to desire it. It's just not, it just says something about where we are in our deen. So what happens is, this is why. Let me tell you the benefit. Let me tell you the beauty, the wisdom behind not sitting together. Because guess what? Like, okay, you're all sitting around. Everybody's there. We were with your husband. Your husband, and there's another sister across. She's an extended cousin or family member or something. And let's just pretend she's pretty attractive, you know, whatever she is. And then your husband, she tells a joke or she says a story. And your husband's like, ha, 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 ha. And then usually the woman's going to try and be like, oh. 
Oh, so she's funny. He thought she was funny. Oh, really? <laughs> and then the guy, the husband will do the same thing. You'll just totally innocently just be like, oh, <laughs> you know, like you found something funny. You laugh. And your husband, you know, after dinner is going to pull you aside and be like, oh, so you think he's better than me? You think he's amazing? You think he's funny? Extreme jealousy. You don't understand that things happen. Also, guys, not everybody's heart is pure. What if there's somebody on the other side of your family that is as eyeballing your husband, as eyeballing you? It is not okay. Or even your daughters or your or your sons that are not that are of marriageable age that aren't yet. There's so much fitna. It's the same fitna that exists, the same test that exists. If you were outside at a regular restaurant hanging out with just people you didn't know, it's there's reasoning behind it, guys. I've seen marriage. Marriages go into turmoil and almost end over these types of fights. So, so beneficial for us to just follow the rules. They really work in our favor. Number five, clothing. Some cultures tell women that they don't have to wear hijab. Some families tell their girls, you don't have to wear hijab till after you're married. Not true. I don't know who made that up. That is so made up. That is bidah. And the reason it's made up is because Islam tells us that women have to wear hijab in puberty. Now, they, a lot of families, they do it again because they care about what people think. And they're like, oh, you know, my daughter and this. And they, they consider like, oh, it's so um, extreme to have her wear hijab. It's not extreme. Who lied and said it was extreme? Who made that rule up that it's extreme? See, we need to stop just listening to people and believing whatever they say is. We need to follow Islam. Islam actually, Allah made the rules, not human beings who are not perfect. And the other thing is sometimes moms want their daughters to get married. So they're like, oh, you have to take off your hijab so they can see how beautiful you are so you can get married. Really? <laughs> That's just going to make an unreligious guy be attracted to her. Because if any guy that wants a girl that is of that age and doesn't wear hijab, that says a lot about where he is in his deen. Now, if you marry an unreligious guy or a guy that is less religious, and I'm not like bashing anybody's husband if this is the way your marriage went. I'm trying to say that usually a guy, if he's in a very good place in his deen, he will want a woman who is equal to him. And if that's the case, honestly, she should be in hijab. So if you get a guy that ends up being more cultural and less religious, guys, you can, like, we can have marital problems, some really big marital problems. When it comes to real fights, he will follow his culture. He will not follow Islam. Maybe Islam will tell him he's wrong and he should apologize to you. But he won't because his culture tells him he doesn't have to answer to you because you're a woman and women this and women that. Like the cultures are more like male chauvinistic and the Islam is more equal and, and a lot of equity. Let's just say equity. And so it's more beneficial to us to just follow the rules because they benefit us in the end. And really, really, that's just the honest truth. So regarding like clothing and stuff, don't take the advice from families. Take advice, please, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The last one I'm going to touch on is one that women will probably want more information on in wedding. And I'm thinking of doing a, like I said, a course on this because there is such horrible information out there. I'm sorry. And explain to us because of the cultures. Okay. Weddings. Sisters. The way engagements are done, what is permissible and not permissible is totally cultural these days. No, you cannot chat and text with the guy and you're, you don't have any paperwork with him that you're his actual wife. No, you can't. No, you can't go out to restaurants with him. Um, no, you can't be alone with him in cars. Um, no, you can't be chatting with him online. I don't know. Some of our families um, allow this for our daughters. This is absolutely not safe for her and not allowed. And if this is what's being done in your family, just you need to know that this is just not permissible. This is not Islamic. And some people are like, oh, well, how am I supposed to know? How am I supposed to get to know him? There are ways. Like, that's what I mean. I need to make a course on it. There are definite ways to do it. People just want to do what's like Western. You know, I'm just not going to lie. They just want to copy the West. And, you know, and, and 
create alternative ways of doing Islam. It's just not necessary. Allah doesn't need our help, guys. He made Islam perfect. He doesn't need our two cents in like how we should fix the marriage process. Okay, so there are ways. If you guys are interested, like I said, maybe I'll go into it more. Um, the second, it's going to be three parts in marriage. Part two is the need for these huge weddings. Okay, so many families, they go broke over these weddings. Come on, you've seen them. And it's like, well, your cousin had an amazing huge wedding, so you need to have one too because this and this and this. And subhanAllah, it's so horrible. These weddings in Islam, it is not at all how it works. The Islamic wedding is supposed to be so cheap, even the dowries. Sometimes because the guy doesn't have papers, the, the family charges him like thirty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000. I've even heard $100,000 to marry the daughter. What is she, a cow? Are we selling her? Astaghfirullah. Like, I'm not even joking, guys. This is haram. And because you're putting a hardship on the man, you're putting a hardship on the woman, you're creating debts that people have to pay back before their life even began. This is completely impermissible and totally cultural. And the idea of showing off and wearing like five different dresses and I, I know people know that stuff has to be cultural. So it's it's totally not from Islam. Islam is so simple, so beautiful. Like I said, if you guys want me to go into how to do it Islamically, I can maybe in a course, but because it's kind of hard with the whole podcasting. But inshallah, Ta'ala, we'll see. Let me know. Now, the last one with the wedding is parents' over involvement in the decisions for the bride and the groom. I'm not even just talking about the wedding here, I'm talking about in who they marry. The, the mom and dad, first of all, totally cultural, is never allowed to choose who you marry, it's actually, it actually invalidates the marriage and makes it impermissible. So if a girl ends up forced to marry her cousin from the village, this is not allowed at all. It's totally cultural, like I said, not Islamic. So we have to understand that our daughters have rights. If we are a mother, please don't do that to your daughter. I won't do that to my daughter. We have to make sure that we get, and our sons too, we have to make sure they're happy guys because you know what happens? If they're not happy, then they start to hate the spouse. They start to resent them. They start to resent us for forcing their life. Then they start to do things like cheat on their spouse. And this happens, let's just be real in our community and start looking outside. They're not happy within their marriage. And then each person Person ends up with a horrible life. We're honestly setting our children up for misery. So we have to understand that these beautiful rules where the, the daughter can choose. Now, she should have guidance with the, with the mahram and all this stuff. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like forcing. There is some forcing or coercion or deep pressure that families put on their, their, their children. And this is something that Islam does not permit. They have the free will to choose. And this also, um, in some respects, goes with the divorcing as well, guys. And I'm not getting into that right now because there's a lot of fiqh involved. But we're also told that divorce is not allowed and that is also not permissible. It is abhorred by Allah as the most disgusting of acts by Allah, but is never not allowed. And th- there are situations where that might have to happen. So I hope these cultural versus Islam type topics have been really helpful in giving some insight of where there might be some mistakes. And if you're a person who's new to Islam, these are things that we need to know are just not um, part of Islam. They're just things that are cultural and they are things that we were asked to leave behind but not everybody does it as well as others so may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us to leave these things and to only accept the beautiful uh things that islam teaches us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us and may you guys have an amazing rest of the day of Arafat and have an amazing beautiful Eid with your families I'm wishing you all well and I'm wishing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts all your fasting and your da'a I'll talk to you in the next one assalamu alaikum